everyone. Welcome to another episode of Jalo of the Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. On this episode, we're discussing the Dutch slasher Amsterdam's from 1988. In this crime thriller, the city of Amsterdam is paralyzed with fear after an aquatic killer begins murdering citizens at random and moves into the murky waters of the city's canal system. Given that it's November and this is a Thanksgiving episode, I am very thankful to be joined by a returning guest on this relaxed fit episode. Welcome back to Jollo the Month Club, Wade Brown. Hi, I'm back. I'm very thankful for that introduction. You forgot <laughs> totally swell guy. So obviously, <clears throat> obviously. Yes. I don't think I would have you return to the podcast if you were not a swell guy. <clears throat> so this is very relaxed. I am wearing gym shorts. I'm wearing sweatpants. Yeah, this is going to be a very relaxed episode. And I'm so glad you invited me for this episode because you know I love a name, like a movie that has a punny name. Hell yeah. Amsterdam. When you said it's between, because it was basically. Weekend Murders. Yes. And then this Or Amsterdam's for a listener poll. I let the listeners vote. There was no winner. It was a tie. Then I had to literally do a coin toss to pick which one, and it was Amsterdam. And spoiler, I voted, and I voted for Amsterdam. You did vote for Amsterdam. Because of the names, I was like, yes, we're doing Amsterdam, I can't wait. I never heard of this movie before in my life, I'm happy we watched it. Two words, boat chase. In my notes, I have it in all caps, boat chase. (laughs) I am so excited to talk about this movie. Since the last episode that you were on, which was Malignant, have you watched anything interesting? Yes. Uh, I've been binging Dexter, and I've watched the... I've, I've not seen the third episode, but I've seen the first two episodes of the new season. Mm-hmm. He's back, baby. He's back. I spent my Thanksgiving watching the Beatles Get Back documentary. Oh, the three-parter on <coughs> that, uh, yeah, like, Disney Plus? Yeah, it's, like, long. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they had, like, 60 hours of, like, 50-year-old footage, and people were like, oh, looks airbrushed. It's like... Dude, it's 50-year-old footage. They yeah. just got rid of all the noise. It's good. If you are if you like the Beatles, it's good. Fly on the wall. George Harrison literally leaves the band. He's like, he gets up nonchalantly like, like I'm leaving the band. And he quits. What? <clears throat> yeah, There's he just, footage of that? <clears throat> yeah. He just gets up. I'm leaving the band. I quit. This is during like Let It Be album, which is like right around there about the breakup. You could tell like there's, there's going in different directions. It's very interesting fly on the wall stuff. You realize that Yoko Ono is not that domineering. He's just literally... Reads the newspaper and writes letters. That's all yeah. she does. And she also, like, goes to her bag and organizes. That's all she does. <laughs> <clears throat> and smiles. Oh, wow. The British Baking Show. I've been on that. I'm still grieving, Jurgen. Did you watch the finale? I did not. Okay. If it's not Giuseppe, I riot. Okay. That's all I'm saying. But when Jurgen got eliminated, I... I, was I know. Little, I was a little it's heartbroken. Second to the last episode. I was a little heartbroken. One of the first episodes of the season, I said, it's either going to be Jurgen or Giuseppe. Like, yeah. they're going to be the winners. But all of a sudden, Chiggs like, shows up. Like, dude, Chiggs, like, those eyebrows. I've been baking for a year. Yeah. And he's amazing. <laughs> and he gives us that look, like, oh, yeah. That, that I'm like, Chiggs, you're very handsome and you're also very talented. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Come bake for the Jalo of the Month Club. Um, this is Jalo this is week. Oh. <laughs> uh, and last thing, I, I mean, I watched Dune, and that, that was fine. I did watch House of Gucci. I have not seen that one yet. It's not getting great reviews. You didn't get good reviews from me either. I'll say this, Lady Gaga does, has to go to a chiropractor, because she carried that movie on her back. I know, I heard she was serving. Serving a lot of yeah. fits and a lot of acting. 
Father, son, house of Gucci. <laughs> also, Jared Leto shows up as Waluigi for no reason. I don't know why. He's like, it's a me, Paolo Gucci. <laughs> just like, Jared Leto, get out of here. It's someone on another box for it as it's a master class of nothingness. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I was excited to see that when I saw the one of the first like behind the scenes photos of the fits. They looked so good. Maybe it's cut. Maybe I don't like this Ridley Scott movie because I'm a millennial. I don't know, because apparently millennials don't like Ridley Scott movies. Just no, he blamed Last Duel's bad numbers okay. on millennials. No, I think that one just didn't have any promotion. Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, I didn't, didn't know even know it, was it came out. out. Right? <laughs> I didn't even know it came out. Is that like Dune? Anyway, that's what I've been watching. I'm going to plan on watching Ted Lasso and Midnight Mass and yeah, Wheel of Time and. I plan on watching all that Cowboy Bebop, the first episode I watched, and watch the rest of the season because just things happened. Man, I wish I had like more positive <clears throat> stuff to say, but I also heard that was bad. I liked the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. I think the problem is most people expect it to be as good as the original, which is never going to yeah. be. I think but it's I fun. But I love John Cho. I think it's fun. From critics, I've heard that it's not very good. It's very like a very watered down version. But then from friends that have watched the anime, they said as long as you can separate the anime from this, you'll be fine. And then I will also <laughs> mention like I love John Cho, so I that's yeah, a, that's a plus in my book. They're like, oh, then you'll really like his own little flair to it. Oh, he's great. Uh, Faye, the person that plays Faye, she is not like a thief. She she's not like a swindler. She's an actual bounty hunter. They changed that. Vicious has more things to do because he's the villain, and he was kind of like always cryptic in the fucking anime. If you could separate that, no, it's just separate the anime from your head. Mm-hmm. You'll be good. Yeah, I can do that. And I think people have to stop. Like they're like, "Oh, Ed's weird and annoying." Like because it's more live action, so it's even more weird. I don't know. So, can we be about? I'm planning on watching the rest of that, and yeah. we'll talk about when we do the the end of the year list. Oh yeah, which is coming up. Oh, but what were you watching? So I have been catching up on shows like you mentioned, like Midnight Mass, which I loved. Great British Baking Show. I, of course, love that. I will not spoil who wins. I wanted to mention The Last Matinee, which is a film that I watched recently. It made its festival rounds in 2020. The Last Matinee is a Spanish-language horror film loaded with great kills and a throwback vibe. The movie is a tribute to both Italian giallo films and American slasher films. This Neo Jalo love letter premieres on Arrow's streaming platform on December 1st. The Arrow version of this film includes exclusive extras, including an interview with director Maxi Contenti and other bonus features. Arrow is a great platform for curated genre collections, and you can sign up for a 30-day free trial at arrow-player.com. Good kills. Is that, your, is that your, what you've been watching? That's what I've been watching. What was the director's name? Maxi Contenti. That's a great name. You know what, what other director has a great name? The director of Amsterdam. Dick Mas. Mas. Dick Mas. Mas. <laughs> That's a segue, baby. So, Amsterdam is the capital and the most populated city of the Netherlands. Found within the province of North Holland, Amsterdam is often referred to as the Venice of the North due to its large number of canals. The city's name derives from the Amstel Dam, 
Originating as a small fishing village in the late 12th century, Amsterdam became one of the most important ports in the world during the Dutch Golden Age of the 17th century and became a leading center for finance and trade. In the 19th and 20th centuries, the city expanded and many new neighborhoods and suburbs were planned and built. Our Jalo of the Month revolves around a serial killer who uses the famed canals of the Dutch capital to murder random people. Filmed on location in the Netherlands, Amsterdam is a 1988 Dutch slasher film directed and written by our man, Dick Moss. Amsterdam was released on home video in the UK in November 1989. At the American film market in 1988, the movie would go on to become the third highest-selling motion picture that year. Vestron Pictures released the film dubbed in English on home video. Dubbed version features the voices of our lead actors, Hube Staple, Monique Van de Ven, and Serge Henry Valk in English as they speak English quite well. Wade, you'll like this. Our director, Dick Moss passed on the opportunity to direct a sequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street in order to make this film. What sequel? I mean, that's like late 80s, I'm trying to think. I believe it was number four, Dream Master, since it was released in the same year as Amsterdam. Yeah. Dick Moss later stated that he should have postponed Amsterdam as the Elm Street sequel could have been his international breakthrough. Yeah, especially if it's four, that's right after Dream Warriors, which is the best one, aside from New Nightmares. The best... Nightmare on Elm Street sequel, so yeah, he should have. <laughs> yeah, I but then can't. again, some of the actors might not have been available, so we would not have got Amsterdam. We got if they didn't film at that specific time. You know, of course, of yeah. course. I think the stars aligned on this one. Yes, this is your spoiler warning. Amsterdam is currently available on Shutter and Tubi. I watched it on Shutter. I watched it on Shutter. Awesome! Shout out to Shutter. Boom boom. That's my Shutter plug there. We're not we're not, not sponsored yet. by Shutter. Not yet. But Shutter, we're waiting. Let's talk about our cast. So I only noted our four lead actors in this one. They're all famous in the Netherlands with very few productions elsewhere. So we have Hugh Staple as Eric Visser. He is the detective. The cool detective. He's very cool. Reading the letterbox reviews for this movie. Everyone's crushing on this guy. I mean, the dude. They're like, like Eric Vesser, Dilf. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a highlight of the movie. We have Monique Van de Ven as Laura, who is Eric's love interest, and she is a little bit of his opposite. She has a very playful relationship with him. Uh, we have Sergey Henry Valk as Vermer. I did a look, quick glance at his IMDb page, and I didn't really recognize much, if anything at all. But he is in a movie that came out in the past year called My Dad is a Sausage. I want to watch this. This is a Jallo film. Does it, does it serve, does sausage serve well with Jallo? Italian sausage, yes. Okay. So, oh, okay, we could probably do it. So the poster of the film is, I don't think it's this actor because the person on the poster was a little bit younger. A dad in a sausage costume. It was a hot, it looked like a hot dog. Hot dog costume on a bike with a kid on the pegs. Anyone, if that sounds right up your alley, my dad is a sausage. It's a Dutch, maybe family comedy? Hold the mustard. I'm going to watch this movie. 
And then we have Tatum Daylit as Anarchy Visser, who is Eric's daughter. The sassy daughter. She She's sass. She has some one-liners and some zingers. And she also <laughs> has a clairvoyant weirdo neighbor friend. Oh, oh freaking Willie. Willie the neighbor. You're an interesting character. I'm not clairvoyant enough to remember the name, so mm-hmm. I can't see it in my mind. But I can see those glasses. He can't see either. Did you see those glasses? (laughs) 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 All right, let's get into the good stuff. Amsterdam, baby. Let's do it. Opening in a point of view shot, a murderer looks around the city of Amsterdam at night through the canals. He sneaks into a Chinese restaurant's back door and steals a butcher knife while the cooks aren't looking. The killer finds his first victim in a local prostitute who, after refusing advances from a cab driver, gets thrown out of a cab. A homeless woman watches from a distance as the killer plunges the knife into the prostitute and drags her back into the water. The next morning, a tour boat on the canal collides with the body of the prostitute who has been hung on one of the small bridges. As the tourists scream, the body drags on top of the boat until an opening shows her bloodied body and face. That is our first kill, and that is our opening to Amsterdam. Boy, this uh, this opening made me invested in the film. I was in it. I'll, I'll say it's a unique concept with the diver idea, and also it plays off the, uh, the Jalo staple of the POV, but also adding the breathing apparatus as... The uh, the way to have a heavy breathing, but mm-hmm. not be like, oh, it's generic heavy breathing. It's It makes sense, and it can be anywhere. It uses the location to its advantage, and also that boat. That, that tour boat with the blood. Yeah, just, the oh, it's falling, so just good. everyone's day. So good. There is yeah. one little flaw mm. that they say, at the you'll talk about at the morgue. They say that, that her eyes were already fish food. But if you look at the scene, her eyes are fine. Mm. So, also worst taxi driver ever. What a dick. He was awful. Disgusting. Awful. Too bad he didn't get killed. Yeah. Yeah. Also, because they, they, they before the tour bus, they do the opening credits. We got to talk about the score. I love the score. It's got that synth wave kind of mm-hmm. thing, but also has that John Carpenter that that bump 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 that bass thing. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Also, they play the, that. They play that main theme a few times. Yeah, and also the times where it's like soft music, like the romantic mm-hmm. music or whatever. It's very eighties. I love it. I do want to give a big A plus to the score. Yeah. Assigned to the case is Detective Eric Visser, a hard edged detective who is raising his thirteen year old daughter after separating from his ex wife. The introduction to the family is very important because this is where we get our first cute cat sighting. (laughs) Our first one. We also learn a bit more about our protagonist. Eric spends an hour in the bath, comes home late from work, and tends to drink now and again. And also, his sassy daughter gets on the 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 horn of the HQ and is like, "Oh, he's probably masturbating." And like, oh. She also pulls out a gun and... Yeah, she pulls out a gun on <laughs> She's wild. Yeah, she's sass. Woo! Eric is praised as one of the best detectives on the force. His partner, Vermer... Niles Crane. Niles <laughs> Crane. 
meets Eric at the site where the first body was found and attempts to get through to our witness, who tells Eric that it was a monster who killed the prostitute and that it came out of the water. We Oh, we forgot one thing to establish that Eric is a great cop. Remember he's like, he has that, he's at that traffic jam and he sees the cake store getting robbed. Oh yeah, he busts in there. Yeah, he busts in and basically ruins the cakes. Uh, yeah. But he stops. He stops the bad guy. He stops the bad guy. You know, so we can see a real badass. He has and a leather jacket leaving, on. He's like, took you long enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like got the got the leather jacket on, not shaven, badass. No, clearly he's a badass. Number one detective in yeah. Amsterdam. And he just stops robberies immediately. That night, two environmentalists are taking water samples in an ongoing investigation against a nearby chemical plant. However, when the killer emerges, one of the men is taken underwater. When his partner attempts to grab the anchor, he is horrified to find the man's head on the anchor. Great. That was good. It looked real. Great. Terrified, the surviving environmentalist swims to the nearby shore and calls for help when he sees a truck pass by. As the truck driver comes out from a distance, the killer grabs the environmentalist and drags him back into the water. That is kill two and kill three. This movie is like, I wrote in my notes, this is like, because they're using the diver in the canals, it's like a Jallo Jaws. Mm. Like you have the the lurking in the water and you don't know where they can strike. Might be better than Jaws. Mm. Well, hold on. (laughs) Steven Spielberg, Dick Moss. Better name? Dick Dick Moss. Moss. When Eric and Vermer view the bodies of the environmentalists, they are convinced that a serial killer is on the loose. Eric runs into John, an old friend from the police academy. Hounds Sean Penn, according to Eric. I don't get that one, but okay. John works for the River Police, and we learn that Eric's ex-wife used to date John before Eric stole her from him. Classic Eric. Classic Eric. When John asks about what happened... John and Eric renew their friendship and are now partners on the case to find our Amsterdam's killer. That's how it happens in Amsterdam. They just murder partners now. Okay. Yeah, they just we're like, not signed. They just like high five each other and yeah. then they're like, we're partners. Amsterdam. You're a detective. I'm River Police. Yeah. Let's do it. No, let's do this. Niles, go Niles talk to, to, go talk no. to your brother Fraser and see if you can figure <laughs> this out. He's a psychiatrist. <laughs> I'm sorry. Those like Niles Crane from Fraser. I'm sorry. He does. <laughs> During a search at a local diving club, Eric meets Laura, a museum guide. He also meets Martin Risedale, a former diver turned psychiatrist and Laura's doctor friend. Also her therapist. It's clear that he has the hots for her. Eric and Laura have a flirtatious conversation and seem to be attracted to each other. There's also that one guy that, there is a red herring. The person that's in charge of the diving club... Yeah, he's being very vague with Very, answers. like, staring at people. Mm-hmm. Like, he's real, like, he, he's like, he might be the guy. There are a lot of red herrings in this film because yeah. there aren't many men that seem credible. Yes. Or that they're being truthful. Yes. Meanwhile, that night, a dishonest Salvation Army volunteer is murdered after being pulled into the canal. That was a weird scene because the police officers were like, I don't know, the security guys? I don't know who they were. Yeah. They were like, Damn, look at the body on her. I'm like, what? Honestly, I think I blacked. I don't remember the scene at all. Yeah, so there was a a female Salvation Army volunteer that was taking donations at, like, a bar. 
And then she pockets the cash. She drops her stolen money right next to the canal, goes to pick it up, and then our killer grabs her and pulls her in. Right after these two policemen slash security guards make inappropriate comments to her. The next day, a busty blonde in a bikini floating on an inflatable raft is stabbed in the vagina? I loved this scene. Of course you did. Oh my, no, 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 not the vagina, but like the setup of like, like he gets underneath yeah. the floating thing and yeah. it's very, and then the knife goes up like, it's like, yeah. you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the claw mm-hmm. in like the bathtub. I just love how it's set up. I don't, she gets stabbed and I, we don't know because the they cast are, the casters are on. <sighs> yeah, they cut it. Um, also That's our cat. second cute cat sighting. Yeah. The setup, I don't know what happens to the kill, but the setup is awesome. So our busty blonde becomes the next victim of her killer. As Eric begins to get frustrated with the lack of evidence and witnesses, he and John eventually find a suspect in a former chemical plant employee known for his violent outburst. When the suspect is caught, Eric begins to have doubts. Eric and Laura have a date later that night, but the killer continues his rampage. An unsuspecting old skipper is trapped in his boat offshore. The skipper drowns as the boat is set on fire and sinks into the canal. Before you go any further, the guy gets caught, but in an awesome, in an awesome like bike chase, motorcycle chase, motorcycle chase, yeah. the car chase. Great. You think this is the best chase of the movie? We'll get to it. Yeah. But like, you gotta make note of like that great chase scene, and you know, it gets the blood pumping a little bit. There's at least two more chases after this. Yes. But yes, yeah. so that was very intense. And also guy... hardcore sex. His hardcore sex with her is, I don't, she's like, is there anything I can do? And I'm like, oh, Eric knows. Yeah. Eric knows. And there's like, it's like passionate love making, you know. We gotta mention Eric, because everyone, people are tuning into this episode for Eric. We gotta show how Eric is badass and he's a love making machine. Yeah. He's a dill. He's a sex god. Yeah. You ever heard of the sex god Visser in ancient mythology? <laughs> Eric, detective Eric Visser. <laughs> He's an Amsterdam god. Those are kills four, five, and six. John decides to go underwater and investigate the boat wreckage the next day. John finds the skipper's body, but as he goes to exit the sunken boat, the killer emerges and a struggle leaves John slashed and killed. Then there is a very slow boat chase. Yeah, and you know, they find John's body. Like, oh my god, I see bubbles. Oh man, let's go. Ch-. And, and Niles, Niles is like, let's go chase it. And then everyone's chasing him. And they then chase him to this, this like little dam area. The, the, they get... roll, they roll up the gate. Oh, the gate. Yeah, yeah, yeah the gate. And, and, the gate. and they're gonna drain that little tight canal. And, and at no point, at no point, Niles was like, "Killer, you just got Amsterdammed." Because he got damned. He's locked oh. in a dam. And then we're gonna, they're gonna empty it out, and they're gonna see who we got him. And then Eric shows yeah. up. I yeah. guess he found out. After a night of passionate lovemaking, oh, Eric yeah. arrives to hear the horrible news about John, and he's waiting to see this killer trapped in this dam. And spoiler, mm. it's just a breathing apparatus. Mm. The killer house outsmarted y'all. More, more chases coming. <laughs> when the killer is located at the marina, a speedboat chase ensues between Eric and the killer. Yeah. Eric eventually tracks the killer to a local sewer, only to be shot at close range in the shoulder with a harpoon gun. Yeah, okay, so we'll pause there. The boat chase. It's epic. It's like, what, five to ten minutes long. Yeah. They get onto the land and just destroy a bunch of tables. Eric is not letting go. 
there's a point where like the killer shoots at um, Eric and Eric gets falls right to the back of the boat. Mm-hmm. It's still going, but he's falling mm-hmm. back of the boat and it gets to a point where he has to make a turn. Will he make it? He makes it and then it closes with a great the killer jumps off that ramp uh-huh. and jumps over the bridge and boom. Seriously guys, it may be one of the best boat chases I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Intense. Check it out. Yes. Amazing. The speedboat chase scene and other stunts were handled by Dickie Beer, who is most notably known as Boba Fett in Return of the Jedi. <gasps> oh, like the original Boba Fett. Okay. Yeah. And legendary stuntman turned stunt coordinator Vic Armstrong worked on the film as a stuntman. Also, at the end of that chase, uh, Eric does get a shot off mm. with his gun. Yeah. Yeah. During the filming of the speedboat chase, the boat with actor Hube Staple crashed into a wall when a stuntman made a steering error, which resulted in several injuries and took Eric Visser out of shooting for three weeks. Jesus. Yeah. It's worth it, though. <laughs> worth it, because that boat chase. Great scene. Yeah. Um, and as you mentioned, when the killer attempts a sneak attack, Eric shoots the killer's mask and falls into a sewer. Then Eric wakes up in the hospital. Got harpooned in the shoulder. Poor guy. One hell of a boat chase. Oh, yeah. Epic. I just want to rewatch it again right now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this is our third act, our finale, our big reveal. When Laura goes to her therapy appointment and finds Martin isn't home. He's one of the guys that Eric met earlier. He's a psychiatrist. At the He's a psychiatrist. And there's, there's, they sprinkle in some scenes. We didn't mention they sprinkle some scenes of Laura meeting with the therapist. Mm-hmm. And the married therapist like you're falling in love with her. Can't you show that he's a little jealous? You know, yeah. like oh, what's going on? They sprinkle it throughout the film. Not really important, but it's it's subconsciously it's important. Laura sticks around and begins to snoop when she hears a noise at Martin's house. She finds a boat and a broken scuba mask and thinks Martin is the killer. Yeah, which they, in the hospital scene, he mentions that, that he shot her, shot him in the mask. So mm-hmm. Laura knows this information. Also, we, we got to also point one big thing. They give him, like, a sedative. They're like, he's going to be out for 12 hours. He yeah. goes to sleep immediately. Like, what yeah. kind of sedative? Can I have that yeah. when I'm have insomnia? Because, geez. An attempt to call Eric at the hospital fails since he is still unconscious from this 12-hour <laughs> sedative. When Eric awakens, the nurse tells him about the phone call. Both Eric and Vermer race to Martin's house. Martin arrives home and waits for Laura, only to hear a sound in the dock area. So everyone's just making sounds in this house. Yeah. Just no, no respect for silence. Laura confronts Martin and hits him repeatedly over the head with an oar. However, the real killer pops out of the water and grabs Laura. Eric arrives just in time and shoots the killer. And the killer flees. Up until this moment, I was thinking, this movie is really going to make Martin the killer. Because he was like the most obvious red herring. This movie is crazy lazy. They're making the killer the most obvious red herring. What the hell? But they do throw a little thing at the dinner, the date dinner, uh, with... Eric, Eric and Laura, mm-hmm. about how he had an accident, and that's why he doesn't dive anymore. Yes, his friends. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, you forget about it. You're yeah. like, oh, well, that's interesting. Maybe that's the reason why he's killing people, blah, 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 blah. But, well, and also you get those environmentalists that were doing yeah. sampling yeah. near the chemical plant. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I didn't even get that. And, and I don't know how Willie and Anarchy get involved with it. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. All right. We, we, we have to rewind a oh, little man. bit. Oh, man. So we glossed over 
Early on in this investigation, the 13-year-old daughter and her 13-year-old neighbor, clairvoyant friend, he says that he sees, like, a vision of where the killer is. So they go to this creepy, like, warehouse dock. Yeah. The clairvoyant kid was just doing a joke? No, he was serious. And she wasn't taking it seriously, and she pushed him in the water. Mm. And then she's like, I'll help you out if you do my homework. Like, he definitely can't see that water there. Also, when they go to the hospital, Willie's like, your dad's not going to be here long. Yes, the day that he gets the phone call. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. and then and then when, when he runs out, Willie's like, see? see? And that's, that's, that's a wrap on Willie. So that's, there's like two clairvoyant... <laughs> that's a wrap on Willie, guys. That's the last scene of Willie. I wonder if there are isolated scenes with more, more Because Willie. in the synopsis for Letterboxd, they say that... Little does Eric know that his new girlfriend and his daughter, daughter. are closer to find this killer. At no point, I can understand the girlfriend. Yeah. At no point did the daughter have a clue. Willie did, though. Yeah, oh, Willie. Eric arrives just in time and shoots the killer. Exposition. Awakes, Martin awakes from his or injuries. Martin finally confesses that the killer is a childhood friend of his. The killer is a fellow diver who was shunned by society after a commercial diving job caused him to be disfigured by uranium hexafluoride poisoning. After being shot by Eric, our killer retreats back to his makeshift home. Full of rats. Which just is really sad. Yeah. This kind of made me sad. Let's also note that this is about one to two minutes before the movie ends. Yes. Our killer removes his mask... Showing his disfigured face. It's like white. Like acid burns. Yeah. Poor guy. And decides to take his own life before the police arrive. With a harpoon gun. Yes. That was... They don't show it, but they showed the after. Like what it looked like after he shot himself. Yeah, it it looked rough. Yeah. You feel bad, but also he murdered a bunch of people, so... Yeah, I kind of wish there was more of a reason for the kills who he's decided... But I'm glad it's not Martin. Glad the killer isn't Martin. Yes. Yes, yes. I'm glad, I'm the glad it's not. Martin. The killer wasn't Martin. Yeah, so we get Eric finding the harpooned killer. Cut to Eric and Laura on a date. Paddle boating. Where Eric makes an inappropriate joke. The end. Classic. Oh, oh. And also, you learn. <clears throat> I'm like, okay, this movie's pretty good. Then you learn during the credits. There's a theme song. Yes. The oh, Amsterdam there's a theme. theme song. There's a theme song. And you're like, at that point, if there wasn't a sleeping cat next to me, I would have got up and applauded. <laughs> like, seriously. I was like, it has a theme song too? Yes. The 80s. That was Amsterdam. The 80s are alive and well in Amsterdam. I've done a lot of movies on this show. It's up there as one of the most fun uh, Malignant was fun for other reasons, but like, <laughs> uh, this one was just straight up But 80s. was it Jollo? Yes. <laughs> I think it was Jollo. Um, I was talking about Malignant. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> this one, there's no debate, this is Jollo. It's, it's, the only difference is it's more fun. It's very campy. Uh, it's, it's just, ha- it's just, it's got a good, prote- it's got a good detective protagonist. He's yeah, not dry as paint. No, he had a personality. He had a personality. There's action. It was, it did seem like it was a little too long. Yeah, a little bit. But you could have trimmed like 15 minutes off it. But it does, I will say it was long, but it was also kind of well paced. 
it really just, especially the beginning, the first 30 minutes, they really just boom, 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 boom. The one downside is I wish they put Anarchy and Willie and they didn't want to make a, they weren't really important. I guess, the, I guess to have a little comedic tone to it, a little mm-hmm. more comedic because a little serious. The kills are brutal. This movie uses the location, the the plot. They use it to their Dick Moss use it to his advantage. He got it. He had a gimmick, and he used the gimmick to its full potential. I think. With a runtime of one hundred and five minutes and a body count of seven, not including our killer suicide at the end. Amsterdam is a wild ride with brutal kills along the way. I think the location was used perfectly. An aquatic killer was really unique. My biggest complaint is the killer's reveal and backstory isn't introduced until less than a minute before he unmasks himself. It's very tacked on. I will say the ending is very tacked on. It feels like a cheat to keep the killer's identity such a mystery. He then kills himself before the police show up. There's no final confrontation, no explanation of his actions and his own words, no dramatic, satisfying face-off between the killer and Eric. It's like a subverting expectation kind of thing. Like just subvert it what people expect to happen in a cookie-cutter scene. It didn't work for me. And there was no ominous ending where it's like, is the killer dead? Is I thought going to be in Amsterdam too. I thought it was going to lead to like, oh, it was actually Martin the entire time. That the killer was a red herring. I thought that, but it wasn't. It just ended, oh, okay. It's a little jarring, but it's like, but then again, a lot of Jollard just ends. A lot of Jollard just ends, but then that's always a big complaint of mine. Yeah. I don't know, I just felt like it was a bit of a cheat to have this kind of a well-thought-out pegging of the killer where they have the chemical plant there, they have the mentioning of Martin had a friend who died, so there was a little bit of sprinkling of the clues. They had the reveal, then the movie ended. Yeah. While the typical Jalo elements are hardly there besides, you know, the POV shots, you can compare a scuba suit and, like, the slickness of it to, like, a slickness of leather gloves. This Dutch take on the Jalo Felon does have its charms, as we mentioned. The humor, our lead protagonist, just the fun parts of the film. The dubbing. <laughs> I thought the dubbing was fine because it yeah. was actually their voices. Yeah. Part slasher, part cop thriller, part comedy, Amsterdam isn't a weighty undertaking by any means, but it is a fast-paced romp if you're in the mood. And what more could you want from a relaxed fit Jalo episode? There are two boat chases, a motorcycle chase, yeah. sex scene, a cool theme. Given that this is one of the more fun films that we've talked about on the podcast... Do you have anything in mind for your flavor of the month pairing? This is really tough. Okay, so for boat chases, Italian job. Boat chase. My flavor of the month, I'm using the idea of the unique killer setting and using the setting to your advantage. I chose the original My Bloody Valentine. Mm. They use the mines. It uses the gimmick. It also has a sleek sleek look. Mm -hmm. The sleek look of the miner and the sleek look of the diver. I think that would be a good companion piece is because they both use the unique settings to their advantage that's a good one yeah i went all in on the boat chase okay so my flavor of the month pick to pair with amsterdam's 1988 is face off from 1997 john woo yeah classic 
John Woo's masterpiece follows an FBI agent who undergoes facial transplant surgery to assume the identity of the criminal mastermind who murdered his only son, but the criminal wakes up prematurely and seeks revenge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I forgot about the boat part. John Travolta, Nicolas Cage, and a five-minute boat chase. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm chasing Nicolas Cage. But he's wearing my face. Oh, my God. Face off. Amsterdam's boat chases. John Woo. I'm all Dick in. Moss. Dick Moss. Dick Moss and John Woo. John Woo, Dick Moss double feature. Again, this was a fun one. Is there anything that you wanted to plug or promote while I had you on the podcast? Well, I'm glad you asked. I have a couple things to promote. My personal stuff, Letterbox, Suede MCP. My Instagram, Suede Guy. Follow me. Uh, follow the Make a Dish stuff, Make a Dish Productions on Instagram, and also YouTube.com slash Make a Dish Productions. Definitely follow the Instagram because since last, I announced uh, Butterfly of Black Velvet is mm-hmm. my Jallo short, Jallo-inspired short. That poster is amazing. Yeah, the poster by Suspiria Land. Check her out. She's fantastic. Yeah, Suspiria Land on Instagram. Um, we're hoping to get a release time maybe around January. I've been kind of slacking a little bit. I mean, Haven't we all? I've been, I changed the editing programs, and I had learned... You bought ed- new equipment, changed the program. Yeah, it was, it's a, there's a whole lot of things uh, for, like, a 25, 30-minute short. But, like, it's it's getting together. We just got to do some color correction, some audio mixing, and some Foley, and that's it. Yeah, and then also, finally, I have Meteor King Deep Crimson album still available on all streaming platforms, and also on Bandcamp if you want a physical CD. We also have shirts and all kinds of stuff. You can get that. And also, I know there has not been any new episodes of Tales from the Pod Crypt. Um, there's been some issues with it because I lost two episodes very pre-recorded. You but found I found at least a, one. But I found both of them. Oh, both of them. Yes. Um, and Tales from the Pod Crypt is coming back at some yes. point. Can't wait to talk more Jalo goodness with you. Maybe we'll do like a commentary. Director commentary? Yeah. An associate producer commentary? Yes. That's me. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at Jollo Club. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite streaming service and you like what you hear, please give the podcast a five-star rating or a thumbs up and a nice review. Logo design is by Vegan Patches on Instagram. You can find Vegan Patches Etsy shop at Retirement Funds. Jalo Month Club's theme music is by Dream Division. You can find Dream Division's music at dreamdivision.bandcamp.com. Please check out Retirement Fund on Etsy and also dreamdivision.bandcamp.com to purchase some music. And you can follow myself, Diana, on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at DianaNK. Wade, again, thank you so much for being here. And I will be back, right, for Top 10 Oh, yeah, she'll be back for our top 10 year-end list. Our annual. It'll be the, a bonus episode. And then, who knows, you might be on the December episode. Amsterdam was November 2021. Still need to do a December 2021. Got I'm a, still full for Thanksgiving. I don't want to talk about it right yeah, now. Yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> let's just close the let's episode. Because I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> You've been listening to Jollof Month Club. I'm your host, Diana Koch. I'm Wade.